0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. How do you reach a heart with another heart? Amen. So the kingdom is never divided. People on Facebook can be divided, but the church is never divided because the word is never divided. And God wants to reach the hearts of man. Amen. So we're going to have a great time today. One of uh, the things that we used to ask um, our students that lived with us in, um, at our house who were at a master's commission. We had three of them at one time. Two of them were Psalm one. We, we, we just ran through so much food, like, like, quick And Sans, who's here right now, became someone, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We used to ask them a question. The question was to see how they were doing, where they're at in life, because there's a lot going on when you enter into Master's Commission. So we simply asked them a question. The question was, how's the heart? It, It was just simply, you know, how is your heart doing? Is there something I can pray with you about? Is there something that's bothering you? Later on, as we ended up ministering at um, Milpitas, and and Chach was there, and T was there too, right? Sam, were you there? I think yeah, you were there, man. I'm sorry, love you, bro. One of our master students too. And and things were busy. We were all in school, and I was just I had just moved and just had a baby, and then you know working forty hours a week plus, and And, and, you know, there's a lot going on. And and then you're trying to do something that you've never done for the first time, which is lead a church. It's important that you focus back on heart because it's easy to get busy. It's easy to just do things. It's it's easy to get to another Sunday and just say, that Sunday is done. I I never want to get to that point in in my life where it's just another Sunday that I'm just trying to get it done. No, God can do something amazing every single Sunday. So we would ask the question, what is the question? How's the heart? We would ask that question to them to try and, and make sure that we always focused in on the heart. You remember, you remember that, Sans? And now that Santos is married with children of his own, and now that Sam is married with, no, with a wife of his own, not children yet, now that they've got life going on, bills of their own, pressures of their own, marriages of their own, things to deal with on their own, from time to time, we slow life down and get on the phone and ask the question, the question that I ask you right now, how's the heart? I didn't ask about your finances. Didn't ask about what's bothering you um, at work, what promotion you didn't get, or even how you maybe you messed up. How's the heart this morning? Open up with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter four, and verse twenty-three. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. If you don't have it, it's okay. It's up on the screen. But if you have it, say amen. And if you don't say, say, oh, man. Bring your Bibles to church, please. It's it's good stuff. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Guard your heart above all else. Above all else. We want to protect a lot of things in life, things that are temporal, things that aren't going to matter five years from now. I used to get mad when somebody would step on my shoes. Come on, man. Have you ever done that? My shoes were cheap, too. But I valued the value of a dollar. The Bible says guard your heart above all else, above everything else doesn't mean that nothing else is important. It's saying, above everything else, this is the thing that you need to guard the most. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let's pray. Father, we give our hearts to you. We ask, God, that you would speak to us, God, through your word. In this next few minutes, God, that we have would be radical in our lives, It would change us, transform us, bring us health in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Out of all things in the journey of life, your heart must be paid attention to the most. Above all else, you can't afford... To lose sight of your heart. You can't be careless with your heart. Your heart cannot be put on autopilot. Careful attention must be put to whatever your heart is set on, committed to, dedicated to, whatever time it gives to. Your heart must be focused on at all times. Without care, it becomes sick. With it divided, it becomes chaotic. And without something to fight for, it becomes lost. It's the director of life. The navigator of life. The compass of life. It is the headquarters of delight, passion, and determination. But also the hanger of fear, hopelessness, and pain. Above all else, out of all things... In this journey called life, the most important asset of your life, the epicenter of your life, is your heart. A pastor by the name of Sergio Delamora says this, The course of a person's life will always be determined by the condition of their heart. Because life is lived from the context or the contents of your heart. Have you ever asked yourself the question, did I say that? Did I think that? Did I do that? And wonder where it came from. I'll tell you where it came from, why those words came out, why that action took place, why that reaction took place. It's because it's in the heart. Because life is lived by whatever it is that is in your heart. So if you're fearful today, chances are there's some fear that is inside your heart. If you're worried today, chances are there is some worry inside your heart. If you're angry today or angry about something, chances are there is something that is leached on inside your heart and the fruit of life is coming from the heart. Amen? Out of the heart comes the deepest of pains and the greatest of your triumphs. A habit of the heart will become a habit of your character. The key to life is not in your bank account. It's not in how much clothes you have or what kind of shoes you're wearing. Not what kind of status you have in society. What kind of car you're driving Where you live, where you're going to school, the position you have. The key to life is not found in any of those areas. Because if there's one thing, one thing that God tells us through the word, one thing that he looks at more than anything else, one thing that he determines through a person's life if they are ready for another level or ready to stay where they're at, one thing, it's the heart. Man looks at the outside. Man will judge you from the outside. Man will size you up from the outside. Man will make decisions about you from the outside. But God looks at one thing. He looks at the heart. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, the key to life is in your heart. The Probably no greater person that we could speak about this morning than a person by the name of David. And if your name is David, we're not talking about you. (laughs) We're talking about King David in the Bible. David is a tricky character because the Bible says that he is a man that is after God's own heart. No other person in the Bible does it say that about any other man. So what blows me away is because if you know the Bible and you know the life of David and you know his mess-ups and you know where he failed, then it could make you wonder, how is this guy a man after God's own heart? Let me illuminate your mind really quickly here and just listen to this passage in Psalm 55 of this man who is after God's own heart and see if the words that you hear are similar to maybe what you feel in life at times. Psalm 55 says this, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Has there ever been a time where you feel like God is not listening to you? Even though He's blessed you time and time and time and time again. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like God is not listening to you? Here is this man here. Please listen and answer me for I'm overwhelmed by troubles. Have you ever been overwhelmed by your troubles? You ever been just, just like, just stressed? My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me. I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. Then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. Has anybody ever said, "Calgon, take me away? For those of you that don't know what Calgon is, it's a miracle thing that we know about back in the 80s and the 90s. I think it was bubble bath. Men want to say they don't take bubble baths, but you're lying. Bubble baths are beautiful. And all the men say, no, I'm just like. Listen to David. How quickly I far from this wild storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, frustrate their plans, for I see violence and conflict in the city. Isn't that what we see today? Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders, but the real danger is wickedness in the city. Everything is falling apart. This is the man that the Bible says is after God's own heart. This is the man that is after God's own heart, but it doesn't sound like he seems very passionate right now. Doesn't feel like he feels very hopeful right now. Doesn't feel like he feels very, you know, gung-ho about life right now. And so it's okay if you're right there too. It's all right. We all get hopeless at times. We all get to a place where it's like, man, we feel all alone. We feel like nobody is there for us. We, we throw mantrums. You know, if you guys don't know what those are, those are man, men that throw tantrums, mantrums. We, we all get to that place, guys. We all get to that place where we don't have the answers. We, we, we want a way out. We, you know, we, we all get to that place where it just seems like, how come I keep going around and around and around and I never get out of this? Why do I keep falling into this same sin? Why do I keep finding myself in the same place? When am I going to get out? When am I going to get to the next level, God? When am I going to see this blessing, God? I read about your word, God. What is the answer? Here is this man, David. Check out how things switch for him. Verse 16 says, But I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from battle waged against me, though many still oppose me. Then he finishes up with this. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. Listen to this. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. First, he switches it up, encourages himself, lets God touch his heart. Then he's able to take another chapter in it and touch somebody else's heart by saying, the godly will never fall. You see how that works? When our hearts are touched by God, we're able to touch the hearts of others. You see that? What a contrasting character. David was an amazing man. The Bible says that he was the lowliest of seven brothers. He was the youngest, and he had a crappy job. Anybody have a crappy job? He used to take care of sheep, and when it came time for him to become king, they came to anoint him, and all his family literally forgot about him. Have you ever been marginalized, overlooked, felt left alone? Here's David. David. Then there's a turning point in his life. There's something good that happens out of his life. The good thing that happens out of his life is you know what happens. He goes up against a man by the name of Goliath. He wins for Israel a mighty war. Has a great thing happen in his life. Have you ever had a turning point in your life? Listen to me. You will have about two or three turning points in your life. And if you take advantage of them, you might get about three more. It's important to understand when things are turning in your life for the better. Safety, though, seems far from this guy because Saul wants to kill him. The next king or the king that's present wants to kill So to kill David because he's jealous of him and and he just has some anger issues and he's just all out of control. So he wants to kill David. So David is literally running and literally, you know, panicked at night. Literally a lot of the scriptures that you read in the Bible where David is talking about, you know, my you know, I feel anguished and I feel distressed. It's because he is literally being pressured every single day of his life because somebody wants to kill him. And it's not just like, oh, that's just, you know, that's just Carlos from down the street. I could take out Carlos with one hit. This is a king. This is a king that wants to kill him. This is somebody who has command of armies, of men. So he has to run. He has to get out of the picture. He has to worry about his life every single day. He ends up becoming king and then ends up having a situation come into his life where even his own men want to kill him. And now David's the king. It's like, man, this guy's like, everyone wants to kill this guy. Later, he makes a critical mistake in life, an immoral decision, has a baby out of this decision, murders the father, or the, the, actually not the father, the husband of this woman, his baby mama. Costly, critical decisions, failures. Anybody ever been there? I'm not saying you did the other stuff. I'm just. (laughs) Then he has insurrection in his own family. Has just, I mean, you could read the story for yourself. David's life is chaotic. And yet the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. I see, when I look at this, I'm like, here's a man who was marginalized, overlooked, Had some turning points, had some failures, had some dysfunction in his family, had some failures, had some things going on in his life. But somehow the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. What is the key? What is the key? How many of you guys ever take trips to L.A.? You drive there. Anybody? When you drive there, you check the gauges, right? You don't go and get into the car and prepare to drive that far down south without checking your gas gauge, right? You do not go on the journey, and right as soon as you get onto the the, um, the grapevine, you check what the temperature of your car is, especially if you drove right about now, right, because it's hot. You check to see what things are looking like. Your gas... Your, your, your temperature, your oil pressure, you're taking a look at all of those gauges. Well, just like there are gauges in the journey down to L.A. in a vehicle, there is a gauge, there are gauges in your heart that you need to pay attention to to be able to hit the destination of your life. There are gauges. The first checkpoint that I want to give you is this is the pattern if we're going to be people that have a heart after God we have to pay attention to the pattern of our heart look with me up on the page here on the screen and I'm going to give you a pattern and don't be offended I'm not trying to say that you're little kids <laughs> somebody answered the, the answer is obviously a square somebody said circle in the first service. I'm not lying. Somebody really did say that. They were just playing around. Circle, triangle, or I'm sorry. square. (laughs) Square, triangle, square, triangle, square. You got the pattern. Let's go to the next one. One, two, three, one, two, three, one. You got the pattern, right? You guys are great. You guys are awesome. Let's look at the next. Actually, before we do that. Did you already put it up there? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We all have a pattern. We all have a pattern. The pattern is how you respond to God, how you respond to life, and how you respond to people. We all have a pattern. And some of us... If you look really deeply, you'll find that part of your pattern, you inherited it. Especially if you have some anger issues. Chances are, if you have anger issues, there is some anger that you have inherited from your upbringing. If there are some feelings of inadequacy or feelings of, of, of that you, or low insecurity, those are things that are inherited. Those are not things that God has deposited into you. So chances are, there are patterns in all of us, in how we respond to God, in how we respond to life, and how we respond to people that we all have to check often, because chances are there is something in your pattern that is giving you a result that you do not It's not somebody else's fault. It's not that somebody else cut you off on the road. It's not the policeman's fault. It's not the president's fault. It's a heart issue inside that we need to look at. And I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody. I'm talking about me too. This has to minister to me before I could preach it to you. Let's go to the next one. Basically what it is is a number times a number. Equals a what? Another number. Whatever is filling the first two numbers will determine the answer, will determine the result. Let's go to the next one. Five times five. Go ahead, Monica. 25. Nobody said 26. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Five times one. Times five times one times zero times five times one is what? <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that one, bro. We have to edit that one, Pesci. <laughs> zero. Many times. Listen to this. Many times we're doing all the right thing. We're doing all the right thing. We're saying, we're, we're saying the right things. We're acting the right way. We're, we're, doing, we're getting up for work. We're getting there early. We're reading the Bible. We're saying the prayers. We're showing up to church. We're getting involved in ministry. We're doing all this, but there's that one thing in your life that will end up giving you a zero. There's that one piece of anger, that one pattern of anger that keeps coming up over and over and over again. There's that one, hold on, hold on. There's that one piece of insecurity that keeps coming over and over and over and over again. There's that one piece of trust that you do not have in God. And God keeps trying to prove himself to you, prove his faithfulness to you. And you just keep trying to do things over and over on your own way. There's that one piece where you feel like you keep having to work and to work and to work instead of depending on God to do things for you. You're trying to get yourself out, trying to make your own way, trying to figure it out by your own means. And God is saying, no, there is something wrong with your pattern. You got to get the pattern straight. Because often the areas in our lives that have a messed up pattern are always going to give us a result of zero. And that is the very reason why some people keep going in the same place and failing in the same place and feeling the same way and battling with the same demons. Why? Because there's something wrong with their pattern. If you could get the pattern right with God, if you could just give God your heart and say, God, fix the pattern, God would do it. David had this innate ability. To resolve the pattern. It was just beautiful what he would do. Because here's the contrast between two different men. Saul is a king and he's got chaos in his life. And he's got so much going on in his life as a king, as a man, as a husband, as a leader. He's got so much going on in his life. But he is chaotic. He has no rest. He has, he has no relief. He has no peace in his life. And the Bible says that every time he felt like that, he called David into the room and said, David, this is the man that he wanted to kill, by the way. He calls David and he says, David, come in here and play your harp. Play your harp. Start worshiping. Because isn't it amazing that you could have worship so powerful that wouldn't just affect you, but it would affect the man that wants to kill you. That's powerful worship. That That's authentic worship. That's original worship. That is seasoned worship. That is worship that has been, um, you know, it, it's been initiated every single day in his life. David had the ability to change the pattern in his life by allowing himself to get into the presence of God and worship God. Because you can't be completely angry and worship God. You can't be completely worried and worship God. You can't be completely bothered by anger and bitterness and frustration and hopelessness and worship God. Worship purifies the pattern. Most times in life, it's not a people problem. It's a pattern problem. Most times it's not a promise problem, it's a, it's, a, it's a pattern problem. Most times in leadership, it's not a leadership problem, it's a heart problem. Most times in a marriage, it's a heart problem. It's a pattern issue. There's an issue in, the, in, in how you are responding to God, responding to life, and responding to people. It's a pattern problem. The key to life is the heart. But having the wrong pattern... It's like trying to use the wrong key to the right door. Number two. Checkpoint number two is priorities. Say God first. Come on, say God first. Are you are you learning something good? Are you becoming gooder? Amen. A a priority is something or someone we value as more important. The Bible says above all else. Priorities have the highest value in our lives. Wouldn't it be foolish if somebody's house was on fire and instead of getting out of the house, they were looking for their phone? Is that foolish? Wouldn't it be foolish... For someone to be swimming, all of a sudden start drowning and start, instead of asking for help and crying out for help, they're saying, how's my hair? Isn't it foolish? It's amazing how little attention we can give to the big things in life, like something called the heart. The Bible says, above all else, this is top priority. Some of you check your bank account more than you check your heart. Some of you checking your problems more than you check your heart. Some of you checking other people on the freeway more than you check your own heart. You're checking your boss. You're checking your you're you're your checking everybody. Give everybody a check. How about go on your mirror and draw a heart and put a check in the heart every single day so that you can check your own heart? My wife draws on the mirrors like crazy, man. I think she was a tagger. I mean, the kids' mirrors, our mirror downstairs, our mirror upstairs. I mean, it's just tagged. Little out. No, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to ask you, what is the top three priorities in your life? Most of you, and you can raise your hands. How many would say God? If this is you, you can raise your hand again. How many would say family? And if this is you again, you can raise your hand. How many would say career? God, family, career. Top three. But most times what we say doesn't actually match what we do. Amen? Most times our priorities are determined by our feelings, by whatever is causing the most pressure. By whatever circumstance is the hottest, by whatever issue I have that is burning right now in front of my face, by whatever thing needs to be paid off the most, by whatever issue I'm dealing with so-and-so, by whatever the things are happening with the kids, by whatever somebody is pulling me this way or that way. We prioritize things most times according to feeling to whatever it is that is present in our life that needs the most attention. And the Bible tells us, above all else, guard your heart. Your heart is the key, but misaligned priorities are like misplaced keys. Our priorities have to be straight. And if I can have the worship team help me out. takes us to number three. Checkpoint number three that you have to check often in your heart is purpose. Let me ask you a question. Do you know your purpose? Are you living your purpose? Let me speak to the men. You need to live out your purpose. If you don't, people die. Because a man without vision is a dangerous man. He needs a man. Men, you want to know why there's so many men that are fighting against each other? Because they need something to fight for. We want to argue our teams. We want to argue on Facebook about everything. It's like, no, oranges are better than bananas. We want to fight for everything. You want to know why you, you are, you're built like that. You're created that way. You're built to fight. You need to fight for something. Men, if you don't have your purpose identified, then you will fight even against yourself. You've got to fight. You need your purpose, baby. You need your heart. You need your heart. You need your heart beating with purpose again. You're never too old to live out your purpose. You're never too young to start living your purpose. You you have to have your purpose in your heart at all times. You need it in there. And I'll tell you what, God's purpose in your life is alive, even though you think it's dead. Patterns affect priority. Priority affects purpose. The pattern is doing it God's way. Priority is keeping God first through it all. And purpose is living a God life. Notice I didn't say a good life. Whoever told you that Christianity is good all the time, it is good news. We do serve a good God. But I'd be lying to tell you if it was good all the time. It's not always all good. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. Sometimes we go through really, really low valleys, really, really low just points in our lives. It's it's life. But at that moment, you have a choice. Let me check the heart. Am I living by feelings or am I living by faith? Let me check my heart. I don't like the way things are going in my life. Let me check the pattern of my heart. Acts 13, verse 22 says this. After, after removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified. This is what God said about David. I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. He's going to obey me, is what he's saying. Yeah, but He failed. That's okay. He'll obey me. He'll come back to it. He's going to have great victories. The Bible says that Saul would, they would say about Saul, Saul's killed his thousands and David killed his tens, thou, tens, thou, tens, He had great victories in his life, took out Goliath. Yeah, but he failed too. That's okay. God's like, he'll be back. Yeah, but he messed up morally and he messed up in this area. He messed up in that area. His family is dysfunctional. Come on, somebody. Anybody here have a dysfunctional family? But the Bible says, he will do everything I want him to do. No matter how many times David fell off, No matter how many times he blew it, no matter how many times he was at a low point, it's like saying, God, are you there? I'm all alone. I feel like nobody is there with me. No matter how many times he was brought to a point of tears, no matter how many times he doubted, no matter how many times he was frustrated or distressed or cried out to God and felt like God wasn't answering, he made it a point to do one thing. And that was to never lose sight. Never lose sight. David always was aware of the target that God had set for him in life. And he refused to abandon it. My purpose in my life is not to have a good life. It's to have a God life. Where I can see God in every single area in my life. In my marriage, in my home, in my children, in their their future, in our finances, in in whatever God blesses us with, is to see God. Isn't that what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Your goal should not be the good life. Forget about what Kanye said. If that was him. I don't listen to that stuff. Keep my heart pure. Your goal in life should not be the good life. Your goal in life needs to be the God life. There's one key, though. One key. It's the heart. It's the only way you get there. It's the only way you get there. For me to be able to get inside my car, I need what? Thank you, thank you, thank you. For me to get inside my house, I need what? For, need, for me to get inside my computer, I need a digital key called a password. Keys grant access. Without the key, I don't get access. Some people are wondering, God, have you left me? Have you forgotten about me? Why do I keep getting in the same place, and the same, over and over again? When am I going to get out? When am I going to go to the next level? When am I going to, when, 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 when? The answer is the key is in the heart. Keys grant access. The world is looking for a key to combat terrorism and combat all these other things that are taking place in the world. America is looking for a key. They're looking for a key to be able to deal with all these different things. It's not a gun issue. It's not a cop issue. It's not a, it, there are issues, but there, it's, not, it's not all of that. The, the biggest, if you want to get down to the core of it, it's the heart. It's the heart. And it takes one heart to meet another heart. The key to marriages that are falling apart, heart. The key to getting out of drugs or addiction or falling into sin over and over again, heart. The key to be able to get rid of the anger and to be able to get out of this cycle of bitterness and and being so just uptight every single day of your life, the key is heart. The key to your future heart. The key to promise heart. The key to blessing heart. You have to have a heart that is after God. And the only way that you get there. (laughs) The only way you get the access. Is by checking the gauges. The pattern. Priority. And my purpose. David had the ability to set the pattern straight by doing that one thing. And we're going to do it right now. And that is to worship. And you might say, you know what, what do I say? Some of you, some of you right now are like, I don't even know what to say. You want to know what's the most powerful thing that you can say to God? The most powerful thing? Yes. you might have said no to him so many times when it comes to your heart but today if you say yes your life will the trajectory of your life will change do you realize that one moment with God can change everything that's what David realized David, David didn't try to change laws he didn't try to change all everything else he said you know what let me first change it here because if I change it here, everything else will change. Would you stand up this morning and prepare yourself to worship? And I'm going to ask those in the worship team, or actually those that, um, the prayers, prayer team, if you could just come up. I'm going to give you an opportunity. As we worship, if you need to have somebody stand with you, they're going to stand with you. And they're going to pray. And they're going to release God's blessing upon your life. And they're going to agree with heaven for you. But first, let's just prepare our hearts. Let's just ask God, God, set the pattern straight, God. Fix the pattern. I'm tired of the same results. I'm tired of what I keep seeing in my life. I want to fix the pattern. I want to put you first, God. God, I want to live not just a good life, but I want to live a God life. I want a God life. I want God involved in every piece, in every area of my life. I want God there. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.